There is one aspect which will be very obvious during the, the retreat, which I would call maybe more the technical training aspect of the meditation. And that, in a way, the fact that I will put a great emphasis on the training of the two essential components of Buddhist meditation, which are concentration and inquiry. Which, in a way, we cultivate these two essential components, concentration and inquiry, because in a way that's what meditation will, from, from us cultivating concentration and inquiry, then these will have a very definite effect. But that level, one can say that the meditation really works, something really kind of has an effect, as a benefit. Because if we concentrate, if we cultivate concentration in a very um, kind of a steady manner, but also light and restful, then the mind becomes more quiet, more still. And then if we, but we must not stop there, because often meditation is equated with concentration, with relaxation. There is also this other component, which sometimes is a little kind of not considered possibly enough, or training, which is inquiry, inside understanding. And so we can really cultivate that too in the meditation. And this is what will help us then to become more clear, more open, more vivid. So in a way what we'll be doing during the weekend technically is cultivating concentration and inquiry so that we can develop, uncover this ability we have to be quiet and to be clear together. So it's not just being quiet and it's not just being clear, but the fact of the two being together, actually we can then develop what I would call a creative awareness. So the awareness we're trying to develop in meditation here is not a bare-looking awareness, but an awareness which is very participative, very creative, very responsive. So in that way, it has very much to do with daily living. It's not separate from it. So in a way, what you're going to do during the weekend is to train with various tools of awareness, these two essential components. And I mean, this is a long weekend, but it's kind of, kind of three days. So we bring four tools of awareness that are very, at one level, ordinary. Uh, there is a breath, we all breathe, so we can all work with that tool of awareness. So there is a tool of awareness of sensation, which I think is very essential. And also there is a tool of awareness of listening, just opening ourselves to sound, to in a way the music of the world. And then to finish with, briefly, uh, to bring it, will be the tool of awareness of compassion. So in a way, technically in meditation, cultivating compassion as a means to reconnect with that which is already within ourselves, as a kind of way to cultivate that, again, with these two elements of concentration and inquiry. At the same time, there was the aspect of meditation which I will bring again and again in terms of meditation and daily living, will be this, the fact that for, for me, I would say that the meditation is actually the art of cultivating spaciousness. That when we, 
I think also maybe this idea that when we meditate, we're trying to, I don't know, stop thinking or become a kind of a blank hole. I certainly don't think that's what we're trying to do. But actually what we're trying to do is create spaciousness around him. In the same way that you are all comfortable in this room, because there is spaciousness around you. So in a way, you come in this room and it is empty. But if it was full of furniture, it might not be so easy. So in a way, what, we try, what I'm trying to do with kind of uh, part of the weekend about this meditation and daily living is this kind of art of cultivating spaciousness. That actually meditation is not so much getting rid of this. So we're not trying to get rid of thought. We're not trying to get rid of feelings or whatever. But we're actually trying to bring spaciousness around thoughts, around feelings, emotions, sensations, conditions. Whatever occurs in this moment inside and outside. That's what we're trying to do, to bring spaciousness around it. And that's what, you know, we say one of the gifts of awareness is bringing that spaciousness. Because one of the, I would say in a way, the, the suffering that we experience in our lives, a lot of the time, is because we have these patterns, we have these, you know, conditions, these habits. And I would say we are feeling emotional, physical, and mental habits. In, not just within ourselves, but in the way we apprehend the world, the way we need the world, the way we respond to the world. And by kind of, in a way, being stuck in this habit, by reacting very automatically, following this pattern of thought, of feeling, physical pattern, then in a way we kind of lock ourselves, we really reduce ourselves, we really limit ourselves to this. And I'll talk more about that during the, the weekend. And so anyway, what I, I want us in terms of daily living, in a wider context, is how can I bring spaciousness to the whole of what I am in this moment, which are these thoughts, these feelings, these sensations, this encountering of the condition in the world. How can I be with all of this, it's in its multifacetedness, in a way which is creative, which is responsive, but also which is spacious. Because if there is spaciousness, then there will be movement. There will be openness, there will be width, there will be distance. And then it will be much easier to deal, even with strong emotion, of strong thought, of strong sensation. So in a way, meditation is not about getting rid of things. And I think that's what is so essential of Meditation is a very great gift for daily living, in terms of that. We are not trying to get rid of things, on the contrary, we are trying to be with things in a more spacious manner, in a more open manner, so then there can be more creativity. We encounter things a little like, if they are suffering, like a difficult friend. We don't reject the friend, we don't push them away, but we know they are a little difficult, so how can I be with this in a different way? So you know, meditation is not about becoming blank, but on the contrary, it's becoming more responsive, creative, more wise, more compassionate. We have all these within ourselves. 
So in the ways of meditation and daily living is, how can I, all these wonderful, skillful, creative things within myself, how can I bring conditions so that they can be even more so? And in that way, making it in a way possibly easier, more fulfilling, more creative to be with myself, but also to be with others, to be in the world. So in a way, this is, will be the two things we will kind of consider, is cultivating the tools of awareness. So, because the practice of meditation we'll be doing will be very much about things which are in our experience. So, and I'm not going to bring things which are as such exotic or as such Asian or whatever, or, but things which the tools of awareness are tools because they are in this moment. Breath, we all breathe. And actually this can be a great tool for meditation, a great tool for our lives in our daily living. Then there is sensation. Sensation is very important because often we're really locked up in our mind, in our ideas, in our images. And the sensation, the kind of aware of sensation can help us in, again, so many different ways in our daily life. We also will do that the second day. And the third day I will bring on Monday time because often with meditation we can become sometimes too locked within ourselves. And so to bring a different type of object, of tool of awareness like the time, then we then open up to the world, which I think is an essential part of meditation, especially with daily living. And then of course at the end I will bring compassion the relationship to others. Because in a way, we are inescapably by ourselves. Nobody can feel our thoughts. Nobody can feel our feelings. Nobody can feel our pain. At the same time, we can cultivate a way of being in the world when we recognize those oppressors. So that's what for me, the meditation of, of loving kindness is so essential to really have love towards ourselves, be kind towards ourselves, so to be loving and kind towards others. And in a kind of very basic way, not because I like them, because they like this, like that, or I need them, or they do this for me, or whatever, but more at a very basic level of recognizing that we're all alive, we're all breathing, we're all suffering. And at that level, in a way, being with each other, seeing the, the difference in the way we are, but the very great equality in just that fact that we all lie, accepting, appreciating, connecting through the breath in that way. And so in that way, cultivating this spaciousness I'm talking about, but being careful that the spaciousness I'm talking about is not becoming spaced out. You know, I'm not expecting it slowly, slowly kind of lifting up from the cushion and going I don't know where. The spaciousness I talk about is very much about very practical actually. It's very much about when I have very intense thoughts, very overwhelming thoughts, how can I bring spaciousness to that? How can I be with it 
in a different way. When I have a very strong feeling, that could be of love, that could be of sadness, that could be of anger, that could be <coughs> whatever strong feeling I, I have. How can I be with this? With spaciousness. How can I not be, how can I not reduce myself to it and then it becomes so strong, it becomes unbearable? How can it just be a feeling? How can it just be within this condition? How can I bring spaciousness, openness, a certain freedom to be with it in a different way? And the same in a way with physical, certain physical sensations. So again, not going away apart from what we are in this moment, but really engaging with it in a kind of a more open manner. That's what I would like us to cultivate during this weekend. And so the first thing about what I would like to mention about this retreat, I mean that's a kind of a practical aspect, is, I mean, we all come on retreat for various different reasons, different ideas, different expectations, etc., etc., to get in the countryside, to get some calm, to be away from it all, possibly to get enlightened, who knows? You know, we come for all kinds of reasons. I think what, and some of you will be very familiar with this environment and you will feel like coming home. Some of you have never been here before and might think, gosh, this is weird. Who are these guys? Is this a cult? What's going to happen to me? I mean, as far as I know, not much is going to happen to you. You know, whatever you do will be whatever happens to you. So, in a way, to kind of find your feet, perhaps, I think is very important to kind of. As already the manager has shown you the kind of the building and it's such a raven, you might wonder where is my room, I hope you find it, you can find it again this evening. And you know, just find yourself here. Because you know what has been, I am part of the guy house, kind of uh, guiding teachers, and what we've tried to create here is a place that in a way you can, you can rest, you can feel supported, you can feel safe. And you can be, instead of having to do, having to prepare, having to think of the future, having to worry about this or that. We're trying to make things as simple as we can, so that, and then as clear as we can, so that we know what's going on. And that's why, in a way, the schedule, you might see, you might have seen the schedule, I'm going to see when you come out, and you see all these sitting and walking and sitting and walking and sitting. Ooh la la, you know, can I do this? Well, if you can, fine. If you can't, you can talk to me about it. It's not like a prison. You're not obliged to do this. This is kind of because you come to do this, and I'll do everything with you together. The sitting and the older sitting with, with you, with the walking, I'll actually use the time for having personal interview with you if you have special, specific questions for me. But I'll be here all the time and I'll do everything with you because it's also very beneficial for me to sit here because this is also my own practice. So at one level we will all do our own practice, our own meditation. At the same time we're all doing it together. And I think this is very essential because when you try to meditate at home you might find it's not so easy. You by yourself and you can always start some possibly find something much more interesting and important to do. But when you're all here together, then it's, oh yeah, let's do this. 
This is important, this is useful, this is beneficial. So although there is a schedule, there is, we ask you to keep the silence, we ask you to keep certain ethical guidelines. To me the main ethical guideline is the fact that you try to cultivate kindness to yourself and to others. So be very careful of expectations that you have of yourself or others. Being careful of what you say to yourself, you know, oh, I should sit better, or I should be able to do this better, or this should be like this, like that. Try to just relax in just whatever it is in this moment. You might have some pain, you might be a little distracted, you might not feel so meditative, you might not feel so quiet, you might not feel so clear. Somebody might, might be making some noise, somebody might look a bit funny. This is all what is happening in this moment. Just try to be kind to yourself and to others. To whatever happens in this moment, try to bring to yourself and to others a generous mind. Because actually, there is nothing else to do. So we might as well try it. Do not we? You know? So in a way to see this is an opportunity to be quiet, to be with ourselves. And I think that's why at this level, the the silence. You might wonder about, you know, some people, some of you might be very happy that you're in silence. Oh great, I don't have to speak to anybody else. Explain myself, I mean, this can be very restful. Some of you might like to talk and just explore the dimension of being with others in the different ways. I think to me, there is three great benefits to being in silence for one or two, two or three days. The first benefit is that it, it teaches you, it makes you experience being with others in a different way. To be with others in a very basic human way. That I don't have to say who I am, I don't have to prove who I am, I don't have to compete. I just have to be a human being who is alive in this moment, who is breathing, who is suffering, who is happy, who could be peaceful. So in a way, just being with that, resting in that, in that very important element of being human. This is not an extremely strict retreat at all, so if you want to smile at each other, you can. Because some of you don't smile back, so this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and please don't start to go into kind of great, kind of, you know, pantomime. You want to kind of write, it's generally better to write something if you have to say something or kind of if you want to say something to me, just come and tell me or whatever. But try not to talk among each other. To just in a way allow each other to have the opportunity for this two, two day and a half to cultivate silence. And how that can bring us into kind of community in a different way, support us in a different way. The second aspect of the silence is actually this is very helpful with the meditation. If you don't speak with each other, then actually you, there is very little input. And so then the mind, it's very easier for yourself, for your body-mind complex to become more quiet, much more quickly. So that's a reason, a very practical reason, to be in silence. And for me, the third reason, which is even more essential, is the aspect of actually being by ourselves that we become friends with ourselves in this silence. 
We don't have to talk to somebody to prove to ourselves that we exist. We exist because we are breathing in this moment. In this moment, we are okay. As we would say in the Zen tradition, in this moment, we all have the Buddha nature. We're totally equal in the Buddha nature. And in a way, in the silence, can we become friends with ourselves? Can we accept ourselves as we are? And can we enjoy being by ourselves? I really hope you can cultivate also that dimension of the silence, just becoming friends in a very quiet and kind way to ourselves and each other. We will be doing meditation, formal meditation in the sitting and in the walking, but there is also two other postures which are standing and which are lying down. If any of you has problems with your back, then maybe you do some of the sitting, but you could also do lying down in your bedroom. No problem with doing that. If you can do just a bit of the walking, I'll talk more about the walking tomorrow. If you have again problem with your back or any other physical ailment, then just do five minutes of the walking. You don't have to do the 30 minutes. So according to any physical ailment you might have, kind of attune to the schedule in the best way which fits for you. Because you can there is this four posture of sitting, walking, standing and lying down. And any of these posture can be cultivated. But to be together and to be in this room, in this number, then the best, the easiest is to sit and then also to walk by ourselves can be very good in many different ways. So that's what we will be doing mainly in terms of formal meditation. In terms of informal meditation, you will do it, you will have free time after breakfast, after lunch, a little after, after tea in the evening, and then you can go for long walks, you can rest in your bedroom, you can. Uh, possibly if you want to, to read something in the library, you can go very quietly there or rest in the living room. There is many different places. So in a way you have that also that time to meditate in your own way, to find ways to meditate, I will mention more, about in this informal period as well. So the meditation is not just in this room or walking, but it's also in whatever we do, when we rest, also when we work, we cannot bring in the meditation when we do either washing the dishes or cleaning or working in the garden or whatever we do as a kind of work. And so it again, I'll talk more about that, bringing the meditation there. But then we to see that meditation and daily living doesn't need to wait when we come back to our daily life. But we can already start it here. So throughout the day, trying to bring a certain kind of awareness, of openness, of spaciousness, of being present, of being aware, but not aware in a judging way, aware in an open, spacious and creative way. We have to be very careful when we talk of awareness, we talk of being aware in a very wide open manner. We are not checking ourselves, it's not like somebody is on our shoulder all the time. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is going on? Not at all. The awareness is much more to be aware in a wide open manner. In a way, being present to what is in this moment. 
We are not measuring what is, we are not judging what is. We are just encountering what is, as it is. The rain, the coolness, the people, whatever. Whatever we feel in that moment. So we're trying just to be with it, with as much presence there as we can. Being present to it. So not being before we came here or after we live here, but just in that moment. Just resting in the moment. And in terms of uh, posture, I like to, uh, for the beginning, to show, just to kind of remind everybody, to let everybody has more or less passed in meditation before. I would just like to remind you that when we sit in meditation, we try to really be relatively comfortable. So I will show a few postures. You can stand up if you want to see more more easily what they do. So you can sit in what I mean to sit in the half lotus where you put the foot on the opposite side and then two knees on the ground. Maybe not many of you can do that. So then you can do what they call the quarter lotus, which is you kind of put the feet here kind of not as high as the side on the leg and then you still have the two knees on the ground. Or you can do that, so then you sit with what they call the Burmese posture, which is you have the feet in front on the floor, on the opposite kind of knee, and you still try to have more or less the two knee on the ground. Or you sit with a bench, like that, and that you might find that easier, and there are a few benches at the back. If you use a bench, a wooden bench, I would recommend you put something tiny on the bench so that it doesn't occur the circulation. Or you can sit with one or two cushions between your legs and sit like that. What is, I would just mention that <coughs> if you sit cross-legged in this manner, and so your feet are a little up and the two legs are like that, it's okay, so it's not so good for the back and you don't feel so stable, but if that's the only thing you can do, that's okay too. But to be careful that very likely you will get uh, the leg going dead because the circulation will be a bit cut. So don't, I mean, that's what happens if you sit in that manner. Just for you to know. If you have difficulty sitting on the ground, then you can do like me. Since I have a sciatica, I cannot sit on the floor for more than five minutes anymore. And so and now I sit on a chair. And that's also okay. And if you sit on the chair, there might be more chair at the back, I don't know, otherwise there is chair a bit everywhere. And you can bring them and sit on the chair at the back or on the side. That's okay too. If you sit on the chair, what I would recommend is that you sit like I do in the half halfway through the chair, so you don't lean against the chair. If you have problem with your back, of course, you can lean. But if you lean, you might more likely fall asleep after a little while. If you don't lean, you generally don't, apart from after lunch, where everybody falls asleep. So that's a, I'll do a guided meditation then to keep you awake, and myself too. So when you sit on a chair, again, it's the same principle. You want to have the back straight. This is quite essential. The back is not uptight. You're not, it's not a military mark. So we're not over straight. 
But at the same time, we know over cloud. This is a danger when we sit in meditation, is that we start out like this, and then we do this. And then we become a little more kind of uh, uh, either spaced out or a little sleepy. So when you sit still, when we encourage you to sit still, the, all the sitting are of 30 minutes, so that should not be too hard on most people, because generally people sit for 45 minutes or an hour, that is a little more painful. That's what we would keep it more e- easier. So we sit for 30 minutes, normally really that should be okay for everybody. If you have to move, uh, you can move, I would say, one or twice, not more than that, otherwise you get very kind of uh, restless. And sitting still doesn't mean you don't adjust the posture. So if you notice you have a little sound, then oh, you bring the back up again. If you notice the shoulder becomes a little tense, then you relax the shoulder. So you can have small movement within sitting still, thinking quiet. So what we try to do is keep the kind of the, the back straight, the head lightly resting on the shoulder. If possible, a little feeling of elongation from the top of the head when you start. So you don't feel kind of, kind of too, kind of uh, on yourself. But there is a little bit feeling of elongation. So you sit, and at the beginning there is this feeling your head a little reaching towards the sky. You're sitting straight. Then the head. If you're comfortable with having the head in the traditional posture, this is the way to have them. You might notice for whatever reason, I can't do this. Don't know something with my body condition. So generally, you would see me sitting like that, which you can do or not. Or you can have your open people also like to have the hand relaxed on their lap. The thing is to find one comfortable posture and stay with it. So you're not kind of, you know, should I do this, should I do that, should I do that? Try to find one thing and just do it. Then there is a great question of the eyes. This is a kind of a debate. Because in the Buddhist tradition, they do three different things. And they all convince they have the best method. And so in one tradition, you close your eyes, and you must close your eyes, otherwise you will never reach awakening. Then in other tradition, you have your eyes half closed, and if you don't, uh, you don't have them half open, then this is really terrible. And then in the third one, you have them wide open. So what I would suggest is that just have the eyes as you feel comfortable for you. If you prefer to close them, this is fine. If you want to have them half open, just in a way have your eyes half closed or half open. And then you just gaze in front of your back like this, but you don't fix anything. You just gaze very gently. Very gently. And if you close your eyes, you again close them very gently. You don't tighten them. And if you close your eyes, you will see colors, because that's what happens if you close the eyes. I continue to see, and what you see is a kind of eyelid. And then you can also have them wide open. But again, if you have them wide open, don't fix anything and just gaze very gently and don't look around what everybody else is doing. <laughs> and in general, what I would recommend is if you can, to have them half open, so that generally keeps you nicely awake, nicely kind of here. 
If you feel too distracted, you might then want to close them. If you feel very agitated, you might want to close them a little more. But if you feel sleepy, I would really have them half open or totally wide open. So that's what we can bring a little light in the consciousness and makes you a little more vivid and uh, present. Then I thought that what we could start with is to start with the breath. That this is one of the basic uh, tools of awareness, the basic method of meditation, the basic object of concentration, is to focus on the breath. But again, you can focus on the breath in so many different ways. Some people count the breath, some people control the breath, the way I would recommend, uh, unless you have a specific way that you find already useful, then continue to do that. Otherwise, what I would recommend is just to observe the breath as it is very gently. So that what you do is you rest your attention on the breath. And sometimes at the beginning of a sitting, it's recommended to maybe start with noticing the breath at the nostril. You just notice the breath coming in, coming out as a nostril. This is a place we can really feel it the most, when the air, the cool air, kind of pass through the little hair of the nostril and then come out a little warmer. So just start with noticing the breath as nostrils, and then you can, after a little while, when you become more conscious of the breath, then you follow the whole of the breath. And so, when we do the breath in that way, using the breath as a tool of awareness, we are not controlling the breath. This is not a yogic exercise. The yoga is very good, and that's many breathing exercises, but this is a little different. This is just being aware of the breath as it is. Sometimes it might be a little fainter, sometimes it might be a little coarser, sometimes it might be a little deeper, a little shorter. Whatever the breath is, doesn't matter. We just, in a way, observe the breath as it is. And in a way, the breath is a sensation. How do we know we are breathing? When we, in a way, feel the air coming in and going down to the lungs, the abdomen expanding, contracting, and then the breath coming out. So in a way, we're trying to be aware of the breath as it is. As we become aware of the breath, we are not, this is very important, not trying to limit our attention to the breath. We try more to rest our attention, our awareness, you know, becoming one with the breath. We're not, we're not forcing the breath in any way. We just rest on the sensation. We just pay attention to the breath. How do I know I am aware? I am breathing going through those sensations. How can I experience the breath in a very practical way? And at the same time, we, what I would say, you have the strong focus is on the breath. You, this is what we, I, I, I mean by tool of awareness. The tool, the object of concentration, is the strong focus. You become more aware of the breath than the rest of your experience. But it doesn't mean that you're not aware of the rest of your experience. 
So the front focus is the breath, but in the background, there are sensations, there are thoughts, there are sounds, there are feelings, and you, in a way, experience them. But they're in the background, and you don't grasp at them, nor do you reject them. So if they are thoughts, in a way, oh, it's just a thought. What is my intention in this moment is to be aware of the breath. So you come back to the breath. So the meditation is not so much that you stay on the breath every second, every minute. Be very careful with that. But more that you come back to the breath again and again. From going away, from being distracted by this or that. And you know what is important is not so much the distraction, but how long are you distracted? So that you know when you come back to the breath. And what is interesting is when you come back to the breath, you come back to awareness. When you're aware of the breath, you're actually in that moment aware of everything else. Because when you go into a daydream, for example, then you're not aware of anything. That's what is interesting. That's what we're trying to do in meditation, is to cultivate awareness, to be more fully engaged, present, responsive, creative with everything we are in this moment. And in order to be creative with it, then in a way we need to know what's going on. So that's the idea of this tool of awareness. They put the attention on one part of the experience, but by doing that we actually become more aware also what is around that as well in that moment. So we're not trying to push anything away. Everything gets in, but there is a main focus on the breath, which then helps us to be more spacious with the rest. That's what we're trying to do. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.